When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Wednesday, August 10th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynesy, we wake up this morning and the Guardians are tied for first place in the American League Central Division. Uh, a 5-2 victory over the Tigers in the opener of their three-game series last night. Meanwhile, out on the West Coast uh, after last night's game, the Dodgers went ahead and took care of the Twins. Uh, the the Twins and Guardians now have identical records uh, at, what, 56 and 52? 57 and 52. 57 and 52. That's even better. <laughs> wow. Did you think at any point this year that we would be sitting here uh, almost midway through August saying that the Guardians were in, in first place and uh, and and have a, have a real shot now at uh, a division title? I did not, Joe. I I think I predicted them to win like 77, 78 games. I thought they would hang around a little bit, but I, I did not foresee this. Uh, last night, again, Shane Bieber comes out, uh, now has strung together, what, three consecutive, really strong outings for him. Uh, it's three straight victories for the uh, Guardians where their starting pitcher uh, went deep into a game, uh, went scoreless in a game. I think 21 consecutive scoreless innings now for uh, Guardian starting pitchers. Uh, this is it, it's got all the makings of, and the the formula is in the right place because uh, when the starting pitchers go deep in games, when the bullpen doesn't have to overwork itself, and when the offense uh, comes through with some some late runs there, like they did in the eighth inning, uh, thanks to an Oscar Gonzalez two run double, uh, that's pretty much going to plan for this team and, and the way that uh, Terry Francona thinks that this team has to win. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Joe, uh, you know, they're getting the starting pitching now and it, you know, they're starting Aaron Savali tonight. So, you know, I don't know if they can pa- keep passing the baton along, you know, Savali's coming off the injured list. Uh, so we'll have to see how he does, but uh, Quantrill, McKenzie and Bieber just lights out in the last three times out. Uh, like you said, 21 scoreless innings, 20 strikeouts, three walks, three and O in, in that stretch. Uh, just really encouraging. And, and offensively, like you said, uh, they came, you know, it was two nothing in a, in a round of the seventh inning Bieber pitches out of a jam. And then in the eighth inning, they had three runs, and, uh, you know, uh, Oscar Gonzalez comes in through with a big uh, two-run double. And, uh, you know, the, the top of that lineup is just dynamite right now, Joe. Quan and Rosario are, are kind of just taken over. Yeah, it's it's really special to see what uh, what both Quan and Rosario are able to do. Uh, again, we're seeing out of Quan as a rookie coming out there. And, you know, two, two hits a night almost and, and getting on base 
uh, two to three times. Uh, he's I think he's leading uh, all of baseball in hits since the All-Star break. Uh, it, it's been really remarkable to watch uh, the way that he's he's gone out there. And after going through uh, maybe like a maybe about a month worth of a, a down period after his hot start, uh, he's he's really recaptured everything that he was doing, uh, you know, right in the, the first month of the season. Uh, and, and he's just been lights out. Uh, but but I want to talk about Rosario, and we were talking about him before we started recording here. Uh, Rosario, to me, is really the story of of this season, uh, you know, so far, other than than Jose Ramirez and, and, you know, just the way that he's carried himself since signing that contract. But uh, and, and th- that sort of leads me into where I'm going with, uh, you know, Rosario here. Three hits again last night for Ahmed Rosario. That's his 13th game with at least three hits. Uh, for this uh, this ball club last year, he had what uh, you said he had fourteen, hit, uh, fourteen. games like that, uh, and that was with him, you know, slumping in the first, you know, maybe month or, or so of the season and not really knowing, you know, where he's playing. But uh, you know, since then, you know, he really took off and uh, he's batting two ninety. He's got a seven forty one OPS, uh, just doing everything right. And and Tito even mentioned after the game, uh, it's not just the the three hits in, in the ball game it's it's the running the bases it's the presence out there that he's also giving you uh when do we start talking about not just this backlog of of young prospects that they've got and and guys they're trying to get into different positions and all that when do we start talking about giving Ahmed Rosario a contract yeah that's a, that's a great point Joe uh and it's it really you I you know a you know a case in for you know for keeping Rosario you know obviously the Guardians know what they have in him because they didn't trade him at the deadline you know there was a lot of speculation that he would get moved uh, b you know he is playing better than than any any young shortstop you could you could put in there Arias Rocchio uh, you know any any of the prospects we've heard of and we've been writing of about for three or four or five years, you know, that's, if you, if you put those guys in there, that's a learning curve of what, two, three years that, that just to get to what Rosario is giving you right now. And it's not like he's 30 or 35 years old. This guy's what, 26, 27. He's got two years of control left. You know, he's an ideal guy for, uh, for an extension. Yeah. Buy up the, the final two years of his arbitration, give him an option year after that. Uh, or or maybe more, uh, e- extend him and give him the confidence and the security that you sort of gave him last year when you moved him, you know, from that out- outfield experiment. And you, you, you just said, here, you're our shortstop play there. And, and you saw him take off. And, and this year you did the same thing. You, you, you move him there and, and you, you, you tell him, Hey, you're our guy. You're going to play there every day. And once he's got that contract in his pocket, I'm betting you you're going to watch him take off and be even better. At one time, this guy was the number one overall prospect, according to uh, I believe Keith Law had him as the the number one overall prospect in the Mets organization. This isn't unexpected. This is what this guy was destined to be. He's he's now producing at a high level. Defensively, he's not killing you. I, I really think that that if you give him Ed Rosario a contract extension, you you take care of just it gives you uh, not having to worry about, like you said, that left side of the infield is pretty solid and, and, and locked up. And that, and then you've got Andres Jimenez, 
playing all-star gold glove second base. So right there, you're you're in good shape going forward. Yeah, it's it's interesting. You know, I guess at the start of the year, even the start of last season, Jimenez was a starting shortstop. You know, and the buzz was this year that he would eventually replace a Rosario with shortstop. But now, and every time you hear the Guardians talk about Rosario, especially uh, Francona, he's saying, "Well, you know, uh, Mike Sa- Mike Sarbaugh, the infield coach, keeps telling me this guy's going to be a Gold Glove second baseman. He doesn't say shortstop. He says he says second baseman. So we might we might see we might ha- uh, the Guardians might have the middle of their 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 middle infielders." For the next, if they sign, uh, you know, Rosario for the next four or five years, because yeah, is, isn't going anywhere. He's still a young guy. Right. He's not even arbitration eligible yet. So uh, he's, he's got at least one more year before he's arbitration eligible. Uh, I I, I got to, you know, just putting this out there and and because and, I, I haven't heard any talk about this. I haven't heard anything organizationally about, you know, what they want to do with Rosario. And we know that they've got. Uh, a, a load of prospects coming at some point you've got Rocchio, Tanya, Arias, all those guys playing shortstop, you know, maybe you start working those guys into like trade conversations and, and looking at teams that, that have, you know, maybe older guys at, at short that, you know, they want at least a, a prospect coming. And there's, there's a million things you could do with this, but I, I just think, like you said, you know what you have in Rosario. You don't know what you have as far as Arias or, or Rocchio or any of those guys coming up. You you know what they project as, but do they project right now better than a, a 297 average and a, a guy that uh you know has a you know occasional uh, power and, and you're you're still waiting to see, like you said, 26 years old. You're still waiting to see if he becomes a maybe a, a 20 to 25 home run a year guy. It's it's still an entirely possible thing. Yeah, and just, you know, I thought, uh, you know, Francona is such a believer in chemistry. And, you know, what he said last night um, is is that Rosario is in the middle of so many good things that we're doing right now, that this team is doing right now, that, you know, he, he, he you know, he checks that box, too. You know, and he, he always plays hard. He, you know, like uh, like we've said many, many times, him and uh, Ramirez kind of set the example for this young team, you know, by running hard and, you know, st- trying to stretch a single into a double, you know, really pushing the envelope on the bases. And, uh, you know, if, if, if you're looking for an example, if you're looking for a leader, you know, a guy that, you know, doesn't say a whole lot, but just leads by example. Well, you know, Rosario's playing shortstop. I, I guess give me one reason I've got mine. Give me one reason why you wouldn't extend a guy like Ahmed Rosario right now and, and pull the trigger on something like that. Well, you know, if you give, it depends the length of the deal. You know, to me, does you know he he seems to play with a chip on his shoulder. You know, he seems to really play hungry to me. He gets one hit, he gets two hits, he wants three, he wants four hits every game. He runs the bases like uh, you know the IRS is after him. He just uh, it 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 you know he never slows down. It does does a, a multi year deal. You know take away that hunger that that would be the only thing that would that would worry me yeah I, I I think as I as I said before you know I think it's the opposite I think the the security and the the comfort in his back pocket might might be you know more productive to him than any sort of you know uh you know lack of motivation or sit back and rest on your laurels type thing uh to me 
The only reason that you wouldn't be giving him an extension right now is he's not Francisco Lindor. He's not, you know, that with Francisco Lindor, you, you thought you have your cornerstone shortstop, you know, face of the franchise guy that you plug in, you give him his contract and, and that's your guy. Uh, that's the only reason I could see them, them even, even having for, for not uh, extending him right now. It, it just makes a lot of sense. And, uh, you know, maybe if we keep talking about it and keep writing about it and keep putting it out there that uh, maybe somebody in the front office will, will catch wind of it and, and we'll see uh, Ahmed Rosario get locked up for the, uh, the, the, the next couple of years, but we know that that's exactly how things work around here, right? Right, right, right. Lindsay, well, they, you know, they do talk extension. We don't know if they've talked extension with Rosario. I would imagine, uh, you know, he would he would be will, more than willing to listen. I, I would think, yeah. you know, if the money is right, and you know, I I don't know if he if you you know what depending on the term, you know, that's the thing, how, the length. I mean, right. if he would take a three year deal, you know, what, what I mean, that's that's pretty. That seems like a win-win for both sides of the, you know, both sides of the negotiations. And and it would definitely be, uh, you know, an at or below, with especially with this club, it would be an at or below market uh, type deal right now. But it would be one that, you know, he it would be security and and for sure that's something that appeals to these guys. I mean, you talk about uh, a, a, a things that haven't happened. He's he's been relatively healthy. He's been out there every day. Uh, can't. Can't say the same about the White Sox. Tim Anderson, uh, we found out yesterday, four to six weeks, he'll be out. Uh, this on top of Alex Kirloff uh, for the Twins the other day, uh, go undergoing wrist surgery. So uh, all of the the other contenders for the uh, AL Central crown are, are suffering injuries and having their own issues to deal with. Uh, how does not having Tim Anderson to contend with uh, change things between the Guardians and the White Sox. Well, I think it's it's it definitely hurts the White Sox. I don't know how it affects the uh, the season series, but it would have to have an impact somehow between the two teams. You know, Lance Lynn told reporters it's a huge blow to lose uh, to lose Anderson. He's he's got a strained ligament in his left middle finger. Some you know, and he's got to have surgery on that. Uh, he's going to be out at least four to six weeks. So, you know, he's their leadoff hitter, the all starting shortstop for the all-star for the American league all-star team leading the white Sox with the three Oh one batting average, big, big loss. And they really don't have a guy to, uh, to replace him. It, it doesn't sound like Lurie Garcia might move over there. A utility guy, you know, that plays all over. He might play shortstop, but, you know, they don't have an everyday guy to, I, at least, I don't know, unless they have someone lurking in the minors that, yeah. that can come up and help them. But that's a big, big blow, Joe. That's like, I don't know, I don't know if it's akin to losing Ramirez, Jose Ramirez, but it's pretty darn close. Well, and he, know, bats, terrible injury. he bats at the top of the order as well. So you also lose your leadoff guy. Yeah. And, and, and he kills the guardians every time he faces them. So, yeah, I, I mean, uh, defensively, he was more of a gift giver than a gift Ooh. taker this year. Uh, he, he he certainly uh, had a few uh, rough games in Cleveland. But, uh, yeah, not having your all-star uh, starting shortstop is, is, is going to change things for the White Sox moving forward. They've been decimated by the injury bug. And it's, it's something that really, to this point, hasn't hurt Cleveland yet, uh, you know, uh, still remains to be seen but uh you know maybe just 
uh, with all these young guys, with all these rookies, they they just don't know how to get injured yet. So uh, we'll uh, we'll uh, we'll see moving forward. Uh, heading into uh, the weekend, we found out yesterday that James Karinchek is the only player on the Guardians roster who will not be permitted into Canada when the team heads to Toronto. Uh, what's the latest on that situation? Yeah, uh, no surprise there, Joe. Uh, we we ha- we had a pretty good feel for Karinchek last year about his stand on the uh, COVID nineteen uh, vaccination. You know, he was an anti vaxxer and. Uh, he, uh, you know, has, he hasn't changed. So the unfortunate thing is, Joe, he's pitching great. I mean, yeah. he hasn't allowed a run in his last 11 appearances. He had a scoreless inning last night. Uh, you, and you could really use a guy like that in the eighth inning against, you know, that that uh, potent uh, Toronto lineup. And so, you know, just, you know, I guess, I guess if you're the, if you're a Guardians fan, you're, you're glad there's only one guy. It's not like, well, Kansas City had 10 guys they had to put on the restricted list that, that weren't vaccinated. So, uh, you know, the, the organization has done a pretty good job, you know, you know, making their case about being vaccinated. Uh, so they go up. Uh, but Friday, they, they open a three-game series in Toronto without Karinchek. And, you know, he is one of their hottest relievers right now. Yeah, you mentioned uh, the, the, the Royals having 10 guys. Uh, on that list uh, ineligible they were put on the inactive list or I'm sorry the restricted list uh, didn't get paid for those games that that their team was in Toronto one of those guys was Whit Merrifield and now Whit Merrifield was traded to Toronto and is is playing in Toronto for the the Blue Jays so uh, you know with the after after you know softening his stance on the the vaccine and taking the the shot and uh, getting vaccinated uh, I, you know, it, it just leads me to believe that maybe it's, it's not a, a moral decision that was being made. It was more of a, you know, a, a political stance or, uh, you know, a, maybe, maybe it's just window dressing. Who knows? I'm not going to sit here and call Karen check an, an anti-vaxxer. I don't know that for sure, but I do know that, uh, looking at his social media, uh, it would tend to, uh, lean a little more towards the, uh, the policies and, uh, and, and, uh, you know, the memes and things that have been shared uh, by by folks who support that sort of uh, philosophy. Uh, it's unfortunate. You're right because he is hot. What eight pitch inning last night to get through the uh, uh, the 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 seventh the eighth inning? inning. The eighth inning. I'm pretty sure. Uh, so it was this was yeah yeah it was the eighth inning because then uh, they brought in Morgan and we we have to talk about Eli Morgan here. Uh, we don't necessarily want to talk about Eli Morgan, uh, this way, but, uh, a couple of runs last night, loaded the bases. He got himself into a, a big old mess and almost got out of it, almost pitched his way out of it without giving up a run. But, uh, Eli came in two back-to-back singles to lead off the inning. Uh, and Tito says that right now his fastball just doesn't have the the movement that it, it had, uh, earlier in the year. Yeah, the ball, uh, Francona said the ball's not carrying through the zone. It's not, he's not getting that, you know, that kind of, that little uh, extra uh, giddy up at the plate. Instead, it's going sideways. And I guess, you know, the hitters are getting a better look at it. And, you know, he's also, you know, he's new to this. He's new to the relief role. He started so well, you know, this season that you thought he was infallible, that he's never going to make a mistake. But he's hit, you know, he's hit. He's hit a road bump here, and uh, he's got to get straightened out. 
you know, he had that eighth inning lockdown, and and now it looks like uh, Karinchek is the guy, but he's not going to Toronto, so you know they're going to have to find somebody to replace him. Does this change how Tito uses Morgan uh, moving forward? I mean, last night you saw him; he was if it was going to be a two-run lead in the uh, ninth inning, they were probably going to go to Class A. But once they scored, uh, they scored three times in the eighth. I think he sort of changed his his tune and went with, uh, you know, Karen Check in the bottom of the eighth, and then uh, Morgan instead of Class A in the in the ninth. Uh, he eventually had to bring in Class A. Class A pitched for his third day in a row, so I, I got to imagine Class A is not going to be, or actually he had an off day, uh, so it was third straight game for Class A. But uh, does this change the way you use Morgan moving forward? Yeah, I would think so. I mean, obviously, you get, you got a 5 nothing lead in the ninth. He, he brings him in there just to kind of get some work, you know, just to try to get that fastball, you know, you know, straightened out. Uh, it didn't work, you know, and uh, kind of another frustrating night for uh, Morgan. The good thing is it didn't cost him a game. You know, because it very easily could have, you know, you know, Eric Haas is up there, you know, mm-hmm. um, with the bases loaded and uh, could have changed that game, you know, significantly if he hit one out of the park. But, you know, Class A comes in, gets the one out save. But, uh, yeah, they got to get Morgan straightened out. They, they say he's healthy. You know, they say he's, he's, he's you know, his, his velo is good. It's just that, you know, there's something mechanical going on where his pitches aren't doing what they were you know, earlier in the season. And Joe, like you, like we've talked about, he's a two pitch pitcher too. So he's, you know, he's a fastball changeup guy. So if one pitch isn't working, you know what the hitters are looking for. Yeah. He is trying to mix in uh, some more sliders. We saw him in his outing last night, uh, try to throw in a uh, throw a few more sliders to get at least a breaking pitch in there. Uh, but, you know, that's going to take time if he's going to really sort of devote himself to trying to, to add that as well. Uh, it's funny, you know, when Morgan screws up more often than not, uh, they, they still have a chance to win. You know, we saw him do that against Oakland, but he's come back and, and cost him a couple of games in this stretch where he's, he's struggled. So uh, it, it's, it's tough. You've, you've got to get him that confidence. I think confidence is the, the number one thing for, for him right now. If he goes out there confident, he's going to be, be effective and, uh, just got to like, like Tito said, he's got to fix that fastball. All right. Uh, Aaron Savali on the mound, like you said, uh, tonight, uh, a chance here to, you know, stay in first place, uh, I guess uh, with the, the, the Dodgers and the, the twins still playing out, uh, out West there, there are going to be opportunities here in the next couple of days to, you know, even extend that, that lead into first place. And then you go face the Mariners who you're also chasing for a wild card spot. Yeah, just uh, really, uh, you know, this is a good stretch here. Uh, you know, you've got, you know, two more against the Tigers, then you go to Toronto, and uh, you know, you're 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 going to face some some tough competition, but you've got a chance here in Detroit. You've got a chance to at least stay even with the Twins, maybe even you know get your nose, uh, you know, take a take a one or a two game lead on first place, and and uh, you know, kind of keep the Twins and uh, the White Sox in the rearview mirror. Yeah, I said Mariners. I meant I meant uh, Blue Jays, but you know, whatever. It's it's early. Uh, all right, Hoinsey, we'll uh, check back in with you. Uh, day game tomorrow, so I think maybe we'll uh, we'll postpone until Friday. 
uh, and and make sure that you uh, get get across the border safely. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll, we'll check in with you hopefully from the Great hopefully, White North. Hopefully, uh, I'm not swimming across the Detroit River here. That's uh, well, yeah, it, it, that would be a bit of a haul. So uh, we'll check in with you again on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. All right, Joe.